Alright, let's try this again. Hello, and welcome to Iacon Underground Radio for the week of March the 1st, 2017. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. Uh, so, this week, uh, not a lot of news after Toy Fair, because all of the news was last week. Uh, but we do have a couple comics. We've got Lost Light number three, and we've got Optimus Prime number four. Uh, which we didn't quite have time to discuss last week on account of Toy Fair. Uh, all the news. All the news. <laughs> also, one of us got a toy. I will save that for for spoilers. We're going to call that spoilers for now. We'll, we'll put a little suspense in here for no good reason. Uh, so the one little bit of news that we have had pop up is, uh, and actually this fits in well with our other podcast, Stasis Pod, uh, where we started out watching every episode of Beast Wars, moved on to Beast Machines, uh, dabbled in the Unicron tr- trilogy, and now we have actually uh, just wrapped up the opening episodes of Transformers Animated uh, with, you know, intents to continue the series. Uh, it is the 10th anniversary of Transformers Animated, uh, so you can feel old now. I'll now take a moment <laughs> to to feel mortality settling on your shoulders. They, there is going to be a, uh, now this isn't a, an official production. Uh, it's a doujinshi anthology. So it is for, for those not super familiar with that sort of thing, basically fan produced stuff in Japan gets to be a little more well produced and out there and noticeable than it does in America. They're a little bit less. Their zine game is on point. Yeah, they're they're. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess it does qualify. It's, if zines were more organized and had conventions twice a year to sell them in bulk, and official channels just kind of look the other way most of the time. Yeah, I think that's really the big thing is that the official channels tend to look the other way, whereas here, sometimes you get away with it, and sometimes you get, you know, Fox sends cool. you Lloyd's. <laughs> yes. So, and and to show just how reputable this sort of thing is, it is going to have uh, offerings from Derek Wyatt, uh, Marcelo Matere, Josh Burcham, Alex Milne, uh, Hayato Sakamoto, uh, Masaru Sakamoto from Kill la Kill, which is good oh. job there, uh, and various other people. So that promises to be pretty cool. Uh, now, of course, the the downside to doujinshi is that they also tend to be very hard to ex- find and very expensive. So, uh, yeah. uh, if... <laughs> good luck, non-Japanese fans, and, and probably also a significant portion of Japanese fans who want a copy of this. Uh, however, it will probably not be the the best sort of doujinshi hentai doujinshi <laughs> no, which which I did they're, come across some good of ones that aren't dirty I, I was actually uh, as a brief aside I was uh, looking up some Transformers animated st- stuff on eBay yesterday just looking up prices to, to list some of my own stuff that I was selling and uh, there, there was definitely some of that in the search results so uh, it was uh Blur, uh, long shot, I think. Is that, 
you know, shockwaves, not shockwave self. Long arm. Long arm. It's like, it can't be long shot. That's, As in of the law. That's something else. But yes. Uh, yeah, there was some, some blur long arm stuff coming up in the search results. I want to say it was pushing $40. Uh, significantly more than the Ooh. toys. But, uh, but yeah, if, if you are interested in that, I would say keep an eye out for any possible way to get a hold of it. Uh, so, yeah, That's we, what we I'll will, be doing. yeah, uh, we will not be holding back the spoilers for too long, uh, because we don't really have much other news. Uh, I, <laughs> I found Titan's Return Hot Rod. Uh, who I keep expecting, and and the funny thing was, I, I went to my Target, which I'm I'm mentioned extensively here. They had two Titans Return Deluxes, and they were both Hot Rod. So like, okay. <laughs> oh. Why? Like. Uh, should I ask you to pick one of them up? Ah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, that, that makes me wonder, like, if he outlived the whole rest of the case, then maybe he'll still be there tomorrow. <laughs> maybe I can't go get the other one for you. But, uh, apparently the rest of the case, uh, was, what was it? Double cross, uh, misfire. I think I'd have trigger to happy. check someone. Okay. Yes, trigger happy. Yeah, right, not misfire, trigger happy. And, uh, he, he whose name shall not be spoken. Okay, we'll speak it. Get away. But, you know, break away. So, that's okay. Uh, our, our friend Rob over on Stasis Pod, uh, got get away and, and has taunted us with pictures of him being terrible. So, <laughs> it's, it's cruel, cruel. Uh, I will say my, uh, my first impression, I, the strongest, the strongest thing that I have to say about this toy is that he's insufficiently pink. He's way too not pink. <laughs> he's, he's very red. And I did get to see the, uh, The CMYK value for him should be 01000. Pretty much. He's, yeah, he's very red. Was, oh, he's, I thought he was more magenta than the last one. Guess not. Mm, I would say, I mean, I could go grab the last one uh, out of the other room, but no, I would say he's he's very red. He is not magenta at oh. all. Uh, though I did recently get to see the uh, the Blu-ray uh, remastered version, and he was very nicely magenta in that. Very decidedly magenta, but this one is definitely red. Uh, but but otherwise, I mean, he's he's pretty good. Uh, he's vaguely shaped like uh, Lost Light Rodimus. I keep wanting to call him Rodimus because for so long they just called Hot Rod Toys Rodimus for obvious copyright reasons. But apparently, they have decided that that doesn't matter anymore. So he is Autobot Hot Rod. Uh, he's another one of those, I think I mentioned, some of the ones I mentioned before, uh, especially with Brainstorm and Chrome Dome, their, their faces just were distinctly more decoed than some of the other ones, and he's definitely got, you know, a very clearly decoed face, uh, 
I presumably at the expense of all other decos on his little head guy, because it doesn't have any other paint on it at all. Uh, hmm. which I guess he has a name. I don't, <laughs> I don't care. He's Hot Rod. Part of Hot Rod. Uh, He's the same name as his uh, original... Firebolt? Yeah. Okay. Uh, apparently, for trademark reasons, he's fired drive, but the intent was firebolt. Ah, uh, yeah, that's probably why I was like, I can't be bothered to remember this. It's not actually the correct. It's like how for the longest time I just called tra- trail cutter trail dude. It's like <laughs> it's not breaker, but it's some other. I don't know. He's trail dude. He's trail blast. <laughs> yes, that's that's the best one. It's just to say that it's all blast. Fire blast. What does that even mean? And they've kept using it. Oh, but but yeah, he's. I mean, there there are certain things you expect from a hot rod toy. His legs fold up a certain way, and his arms are the sides of his vehicle, and he's got the yellow spoiler. Uh, he's got flames on his chest. Uh, there there was. It's a lot to live up to. Yeah. There, there was the, uh, the little, the smaller Combiner Wars one that did not have flames on his chest, and that was, that was kind of a, I, I almost didn't buy it, <laughs> because it, I'd, I'd be looking at it, I'd be like, oh, but, but the flames don't go on his chest. Uh, but yes, he is. Even the flames on his hood weren't that good for that version. And they, they, he was really a very afterthoughty Rodimus. Uh, the, the only other complaint I would really have is that painting yellow plastic never goes well. No. Or, or painting plastic or yellow painting never goes yellow. well. Yeah. Yes, painting yellow yeah, you onto plastic. you almost need to have like a... Oh, go ahead. His, his spoiler really seems like, and it, it, like it is a separate piece, it's just a separate piece that's not cast in yellow for some reason. It's just cast in like grayish and then painted yellow. Well, I mean, yeah, I that guess. Makes sense to me. I it's guess the maybe only piece on him that's yellow. I suppose there's that. I was going to say it, it could be the same. It's probably the same silver as you know his silver bits that are silver. So. Yeah. But. I guess. But but yeah. I mean, otherwise, other than the, all that. Maybe, uh, maybe when, when Takara gets it and they do it right, <laughs> maybe they'll make him magenta. Uh, but that, it was a happy surprise, and the other happy surprise was that I've commented before about how my target is stupid overpriced because it's in a city and it's basically walking distance to one of the largest college campuses in the country. Uh, so they occasionally like to take liberties with pricing, but, but they had, uh, Titans Return Deluxes down to a mere $15 and change. So. Oh, that nice. was, that was also a nice bonus. Uh, again, I don't know why the only ones left were just two hot rods. Kids just don't like hot rods these days. Good question. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. Here's the million dollar question for you. If in a later wave of Titans Return we get a redeco of this as Hot Rod in Lost Lake colors, would you buy it? Oh, uh, 
Probably, though to be fair, he's not that far off from Lost Light Colors as he is. Uh, well, no, n- new Lost Light Colors. Oh, yes. oh, okay, yeah, we're thinking yeah. the uh, the purple. Yeah, because yeah. I really yeah. like like anything that's that color scheme. Like <laughs> my my Warcraft characters transmog is that color scheme. I I like it. That's I like those colors a lot. So I would absolutely buy him again if he was those colors. Alright, so I'll definitely pick him up at the first opportunity I manage them. Yeah, speaking of, uh, so first. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I will definitely have to have it, they'll, they'll give me an excuse to, I'll give me an excuse to leave the apartment and <laughs> go see if that's still up there. Uh, but yeah, so we have a new issue of Lost Light this week. Yay. Let me, I am going to pull that up for myself, even though I just read it, because I have had a super busy past week or so fighting with various exciting things, so I just got a chance to read it uh, just prior to the episode. Uh, so any any so, overall thoughts? Um, we're, everyone's in another, the entire planet's in another dimension now? Okay. Yep. Apparently, you know... I I do, because I think I I might have said something before about being worried that that bomb going off was just going to be a thing that existed solely to make there be a cliffhanger. So (laughs) I'm glad that that was No, it actually did something. Yeah. It just took them a couple episodes to figure out. It's a neat plot twist. And I (laughs) love, I love Brainstorm letting Nightbeat toil away at a mystery and then go, I already figured that out because somebody else had told me. Also, that's that's <laughs> very that's very rude of Nightbeat to refer to Kaput as the unicycle first, but then you know brainstorm it's like Kaput the doctor, Kaput the spark specialist, and then said he has a nice wheel. So, <laughs> but that just stood out to me as as being a very very rude thing to to say on, but. I mean, I guess we've established that, you know, yeah. Nightbeat's kind of rude. And then just the entirely implied image of Brainstorm and Nightbeat going squee at the news <laughs> that they're A, in a parallel universe, and B, Cybertron is a horrible dystopia. They're, they're so excited, and, and like Nightbeat's driving on the wall. <laughs> they're just, they're so excited. It's, it's and and yeah, Rodimus and Ratchet are just not. <laughs> it's kind of fed up. Yeah, that was that was adorable of of all of them to be having to give that news to <laughs> those two who are just gonna be like, "Yay, this is awesome! It's gonna be so much fun." Uh, but but yeah, that that is an interesting, uh, useful clarification that. You know, it it wasn't just the teleportation that didn't work. It was that they they were already, you know, that explosion had already knocked them all into an adjacent timeline. Oops. Uh, so yeah, there's uh, there's that. There's the whole thing with with our good buddy Killmaster showing up again. Oh yeah, I, I forgot wand. about Greg Killmaster being where else. He has a wand. That's so weird. Like, cause he's <laughs> massive and huge and he just has this little magic stick that he saps people into another dimension with or 
something? I have I seen guess... that speculation, and I'm interested. By well, it. I I doubt they would kill off Swerve. That oh, easily. yeah, but that's gonna get them home. Yeah, Swerve has a history of clearly dying and not dying. Also, ten. You can't just kill off ten like that. Well, you. I know. It would be sad, but you could, as opposed to Swerve, because Ten's, Ten's amusing as a character that Swerve relates to, but on his own, he's kind of, he's just It would be a waste simple. of an emotional moment. Yes. Yeah. To do it the way it was yeah. done here. I, I would, I would definitely say that he needs a better, he needs a, a better death than that. Uh, but yes, so they find Killmaster in the basement, who Whirl had not actually killed as much as as he thought. Well, that was when when he was first mentioned. His wand is mentioned before anything else, and then like several issues later, there's some flashback that actually shows him being just this huge guy. And I always just sort oh, of sort of assumed that you know they had previously established that he had a wand, so they had to give him a wand. <laughs> but you know maybe that was. Maybe that was the joke all along, and it just took until they got a chance to to have a a visual representation of him. Uh, but yes, he's got his wand. <laughs> the hell! And they both refer to each other as nemesis. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which Swerve sort of refers to as the best worst thing. <laughs> it it is I nice. I agree. It is nice to see that that Killmaster recognizes Whirl as his nemesis, because Whirl kind of strikes me as the sort of guy who will declare people to be his nemesis, and they don't even necessarily know. But but no, he knows. <laughs> he knows. Uh, so yeah, and we have uh, various things going on with Anode. Uh, she is. I'm seeing double. Four animals. Oh, no, that's that's a lot. <laughs> I love that Simpsons joke. <laughs> so yeah, she she shows up. She is apparently a very very high ranking person in uh, the Functionist Society because she is a blacksmith. But basically, she can forge new bodies, uh, which also comes into play in the main storyline. Well, the I want to call it the main storyline, but you know, apparently this is not actually a side storyline. They're all in the other universe, so so here we are. Yeah. Uh, but yes, so uh, she is helping this resistance with this guy. This this guy obviously turns into an into a pen. <laughs> He's obviously yeah. a bureau. He's, I I love him so much. She's so ridiculous looking. What was it? Clicker was his name. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's weird and skinny, and, and we finally find out what Rome transforms into. Maybe kind of it. Like, how the hell did he get so big? The, the council is clearly full of shit. Yeah, that's. I I think it's pretty clear that that's not either. That's not him at all, or that's him in some sort of exo frame. The, the important well, thing the, being that that's not actually what he naturally turns into. No, it's not what he should turn into, but, but like, his chest is sort of the roundy bit on the front of the drill. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's the only part I noticed. That looks so like maybe him. he's plugged it. Well, I mean, you'd think that they would have to at least make it look similar to him if they're going to pull that off. Um, it's... 
in his color scheme, and that's about it. Yeah. Yes. It's got treads. He doesn't have treads. He clearly doesn't have treads. Huh. Uh, but yes, apparently... And he conveniently is the thing the council exactly needs right this second to do this <laughs> thing that would otherwise entirely invalidate their religious beliefs. Well, not only that, but also there's a lot of talk, and, and I have to say that there is a little bit of this I was reading. I was like, hey, it's Brexit, the comic, uh, where they're talking about... Yeah becoming isolationist, basically, uh, how the functionists got rid of the spacefaring people first and, uh, you know, basically started isolating themselves and, and portraying everyone non-Cybertronian, you know, everyone off their world as being the enemy, uh, apparently, ultimately, in this case, to, you know, justify some sort of holy war, but... That's I, I love this sort of stuff normally, but we're we're hitting close to home these days. Yeah, it's, it's, it's getting uncomfortable. Yeah. An internal holy war, but hey, the moon's here. <laughs> yes, it's, is it odd complication? Yes, Anode has been watching, uh, noticing some sort of unidentified object showing up, and apparently, it's the moon. It's Luna Two specifically. Uh, which is the one that, that's the one they sold to the Black Box Consortium, right? As opposed to Luna 1, uh, which disappeared. I sure. I think it might be the other way around. Oh, okay. One of the previous Babylon stations, who knows what happened to them all. <laughs> you know, those. Actually, now I feel like I, I need to take a moment to... Oh, no. Luna 2 is the one that is still there in the Prime Universe. Okay, so that's the one that was sold in the Functionist Universe. Yep. That is correct. Yay, Yay! Wiki. I like, I like being accurate about things. I always feel bad when I realize that some, some inaccuracy went out because I was just like, the research lols. Uh, and, and yes, also, Cyclonus has been beaten up rather badly when he shows up to help with Killmaster. Uh, that's, I know that there, he got beaten up at some point when he was messing with Fangry and, and them being jerks, uh, but I don't recall that being this bad. Like, losing an arm bad? No. So, presumably... And half his face? Presumably this is something else, some other trouble that he's gotten into, and I'm curious to to see what's going on with that, apparently. You know, presumably something else was going on involving him and Tailgate, and something destructive. Uh, oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to have feelings about where this goes one time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe... Maybe. You know, we'll, we'll have to find out. Oh. We'll have to see. Side note, mm -hmm. the way Cyclonus' face is half ripped off kind of looks how, like how Megatron's is in Animated at the beginning. That is true. Yeah. It is sort of that. And he just still has a jaw. I, I, I like a good, uh, a good horrible disfigurement reveal like that though, where he shows up and you just see the good side of his face. And then he comes through the doorway and says, I was indisposed. And 
So is he going to start flipping a coin and deciding whether to be good or evil based uh, on the result? Maybe. Oh, I was thinking James Roberts just saw Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah, like me. Oh, God, I'm never going to unsee that. Never going to unsee Although, that. that was that was the other side. <laughs> true, true. That was some good directing, man. That's some good camera work. Uh, mm. Yes, also, there is, uh, meanwhile, uh, I, I do... I did really like the stuff going on with Anode and Nautica and Velocity. Uh, though I will note that in the pre, you know, previously on blurb at the beginning, they, they spelled her name Nautical. Which, you know, sometimes you just have to tell the spell check to be quiet. Somet- sometimes, <laughs> yeah, sometimes you have to just tell spell check to shut up. Uh, but yes, apparently I, I really, I really like the idea. So, so what she had done, uh, involved, uh, dealing with the Sentio Mechanico on, you know, that forms with sparks, or Sentio Metallo. Now I, now I have to scroll. Sentio yes, Metallico. Sentio Metallico. Uh, that, uh, forms with sparks, and apparently, <laughs> the, the official Cybertronian title for that is Obstetrician, which, Thumbs up. Yeah, that was an odd choice of words. I I thought it was a, I thought it was a very deliberate and uh, I thought it was a good choice of words. I guess yeah, I didn't actually look up what the Latin actually means. Well, no, an, an obstetrician is the basically uh, they. It's the OB and OBGYN. Yes. They they tend to also operate as gynecologists, and they are specifically with the childbirth side of things. So now you know. Do, 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 do. Well, yeah, but, but, like, or were you just wanting to look that up in in general to see if there was anything even deeper with that? Yeah, what what what, what obstetrics actually means? In no, I'm I'm sure in this case it's just because she, you know, was involved with the birthing and creation of of protoforms so you know calling it that i i really like that uh, also because she's you know not a very doctory sort of character uh, so having her be something even that specific is is pretty cool uh but yes apparently whatever the the thing that she had done to make velocity really super angry at her uh, involved a theft, which she apparently did not actually commit. Uh, but the thing that she made it look like she committed to cover up is something she had apparently not told Lug. And then she goes running out of the room, and it's all very emotional, and then I'm sad. So. Uh, what toys are those two? <laughs> yes. And, well, Lug's actually an easy remold, but. And here's the question, is Lug real? Huh. I mean, presumably what, what so. Mean? This an, uh, the, uh, anode from the Functionist universe does not have a corresponding lug, and I don't think we've seen anyone else interact with lug yet. And also, uh, Nautica kind of reacts like Anode is acting strangely when she tries to follow Lug. That would be really... No, I'm... Oh. I'd swear that someone... I don't want it to be that, but I saw somebody bring it up and I was like, damn it. What about... 
Yeah, I know. I forget in the previous issues, but in this one, yeah, when somebody talks, it's like, if it's after Lug has talked, it's also after Anode has said something. Hmm. But that would be too easy. That would be weird. That would be really weird. I mean, that's... I, I would have to go back. I would, considering the crack theories that have turned out to be totally true in this series, I would not totally write it off, but I would definitely, you know, want to go back to previous stories and see if anyone has inter- anyone else has interacted with her directly. I mean, she's small. You know, you have to look all the way down there. And also kind of insists on Anode doing everything. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's that. And, and, I mean, you have to assume that a certain amount of that is just being small and not being able to reach high shelves and, and stuff. But, but yeah, there's, there's a little bit of that. So, yeah, that's, I'd, I'd definitely have to, to look into that, but there, there have certainly been crackier crack theories in this series. So I, I will allow it. Uh, so yeah. And yeah, at the end, suddenly Luna two shows up and I have to assume that that has something to do with the, the black box consortium because, you know, they sold, sold it to them. Uh, they're about, they're getting ready to start this holy war that presumably would also be against them as they are, you know, representatives of extraplanetary, I don't know, are they government? I guess they are governmental forces, I was going to say. I'm iffy on whether they were actually government or criminal, but, you know... (laughs) Consortium. If you have a moon, it kind of doesn't. Yeah, matter. yeah. Just consortium tends to sound like a we we are actually organized crime, but we're trying to sound totally legit kind of name. Uh, but but yeah, I think they are just you know in opposition to some degree with the Galactic Empire, but not necessarily a a criminal organization. But the point is, they are an off-world power that has just shown back up in some way, presumably. And that's all going to get very interesting. Hopefully more interesting than things get in the real world in the meantime. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's that. Uh, as far as dealing with extra Cybertronian governments, uh, we also have Optimus Prime number four. Wherein Optimus Prime continues making bad decisions and they come home to roost. <laughs> At least yeah. they come home to roost. Uh, <laughs> Jetfire gets his moment of living the dream in, in the flashback. Uh, he gets to, <laughs> gets to punch Prowl. Yeah. Well, but it's also a punch Prowl knew was coming. Yeah, I suppose. So, so oh. Prowl had the power in a situation where he gets smacked. Yeah. Oh, probably. Maybe he's just into that. I mean, you'd think if you pissed off that many people that often, you'd have to at least enjoy it a little bit. Because <laughs> you're, it's yeah. gonna happen. Uh, but, oh, I, I do just want to go back and say one more thing is that, uh, Jack Lawrence's art was just, I really enjoyed it in this issue. Yeah, I, I Such really, a good job. I really miss Milne, but he's good too. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, I thought it was really good. So anyway, yes. Uh, also on the subject of good art. Uh, yeah, uh, we still have Kay Zama. Uh, we still have Josh Burcham doing great, you know, over and under saturated colors. Uh, we still have Junkions. Yep. I love Optimus Prime's faceplate getting cracked and kind of seeing some of his face. <laughs> That's always fun. Yeah, which That's... looks creepy in one scene where he's it's like gritted teeth under the mask. It's like, Ugh. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and we get uh, some some narrative from Pyra Magna. Uh, I mean, I've, I've said before that if one combiner character is going to get significant characterization, it's always the leader, but I suppose that's just going to have to be accepted. Uh, but yeah, she's still very critical of you know, what Prime is doing, she still very much wants to be the Matrix holder, clearly, because she doesn't think that he's worthy of it. Uh, and my my favorite thing, personally, was just Thundercracker and Marissa's, like, family drama <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Oh, Thundercracker's learning so much. <laughs> he's learning how families work. Yeah, it's like, so I'm just figuring this out now, but I think the whole humans have parents thing is maybe big. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe that's, I, I feel like that's important. Like, good job, Thundercracker, good job. Uh, yeah, that was good. But yeah, that's... It, <laughs> it was nice to see the Cosmic Carnival again, sort of. <laughs> yes, there's a, a bit where... Man, does that mean that Prowl is a supervillain? Because he has his, <laughs> he's got his base in an abandoned circus. Because that's a very supervillain. Oh wow, thing. that yeah, yeah, that kind of fits. Only he's just not like clown themed or anything. I mean, he's kind of arty. Yeah, he he definitely has that whole pulling the strings thing going. Uh, I would not mind seeing more death traps. You can always oh, use more true. death traps. Oh yeah, you always need more death traps. Well, cause the the issue ends on a giant death trap. So that's true because yeah, the uh, Junkion's weird Quintesson corkscrew ship is full of Sharkticons. Yay! You know, I was I was thinking, and this goes a little bit back to what we were talking about last week at Toy Fair. Is that, yeah, there's a new Sharkticon toy out, but it's not even like, you know, it's like how there is that point in the comics where Bumblebee was just like the fall of Cybertron design for no good reason. Or you had all the other characters who were just like, you know, Starscream being Armada Starscream because there was a toy out. Now, now it's... Which is and then changing back when there was another toy out. Well, now you can't even do that because all the toys are just so... So G1. Just so dead on G1 that it's like, is, it's, it's of course it's going to look just like the new toy that's out because the new toy that's out looks just like the old toys because that's just what they're doing now. But yeah, so poor Cosmos got all beat up and, uh, (laughs) I like, I, I like Rumble and Frenzy there, but I especially like that they call each other bro, because they are clearly guys who would call each other bro. I mean, yeah. especially if they're literally brothers, but even just, they they seem like bro kind of guys. 
like bros. They. Oh, I. Oh, now I'm just imagining a army of tapes <laughs> that are the tracksuit mafia for Aww, Hawkeye. Oh man, <laughs> it's bro. <laughs> Uh, well, wait. That, actually, with the cassettes, that would make sense. Didn't Ravage have a Russian accent in some version? Oh, and right. Beast Wars. Beast Wars, <laughs> Beast Wars <laughs> yes. Sorry. <laughs> I almost forgot. The one where he spoke extensively and was yeah. audio voice acted. But also, I like that Rumble thinks of a good joke and just asks himself the joke. <laughs> He's like, go on, ask me what this is like. Hey, Rumble, what is this like? It's like punching fish in a barrel. <laughs> and then Frenzy calls him bro. But I, I like that he, you know, has to do, do his own jokes because he's got to tell the joke. But yeah, lots of lots of good little character stuff. The art continues to be really great. Uh, the the G.I. Joe involvement is you know, about what you would expect for where they're at in, in the storyline and, and human transformer relations. Uh, but yeah, basically prime has decided that he wants to try to set it up. So the humans and the junkions are dealing directly with each other. And so therefore he cannot be held accountable because prime makes bad decisions these days. He's optimist, bad decisions, so yeah, that uh that all comes down to the junkions being like, Yay, here's some Sharkticons, have fun. And I I have to say I like I mean, Retgar is still very much like kooky crazy guy, but I I mean Rummage is also crazy, but I like her crazy. Uh her her crazy is very interesting because, you know, this whole idea of them you know, talking about how they're basically made from the leftovers of of other civilizations and you know, civilization being good for for fodder basically. And uh that wasn't the exact wording, but that was the idea. Uh yeah, I I liked all of that. That was really interesting. I really like Rekkar's speech patterns in this. Yes. As as far as Rekgars go, this is a pretty good one. So, top and, two, and and I also like this. I I like this version of him being like actually kind of scary. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that it keeps the TV references, but he's more lucid and they're sinister. Yes. I love sinister <laughs> yeah. Retgar. It's great. Well, that's kind of how Retgar was in his first early lines in the movie. I mean, they they do start out fighting, and then they decide to be best friends because, yeah, I was I was thinking about this the other day because I was talking about the the old Transformers movie to people only sort of tangentially aware of things. I I would say that its plot is less coherent than the first Michael Bay movie, but I'm I'm not sure where it would fall on the other three. <laughs> more well it's it's star wars only fractured yeah but there's a lot of stuff that just sort of happens for <laughs> yes that's the fractured part it's like yeah 
planet of giant fish monsters ruled by crazy judges. What? Arbitrary danger, they steal a ship and yes. escape. But I, yeah. I'm not, like, because the... I guess it doesn't help that, like, by Transformers 4, by Age of Extinction, I just, like, I watched it once, and I'm just like, okay, that was there. So I can't really... I distinctly remember it being, like, three different movies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, it. it's more clear-cut, but there's motivation problems all over the place, especially Lockdown. What the hell is he doing? Yeah. Yeah, so I would say the first live-action movie had a more coherent plot, but maybe not the yeah. the, the later ones. Definitely not the second and yeah. the fourth. Maybe. Second. And I'm not rewatching the third to yeah, find that's, out. That's I was I was thinking that maybe. <laughs> at least not until there's another reason to. Maybe Dark of the Moon. I, I remember that being vaguely like, you know, things <laughs> things following a sequence of events. Incident. Kind of has the sin of replacing Michaela, but yeah, not. yeah. It's just a find and replace character name. Yeah. I would have respected Michael Bay so much if there was just, like, before the uh, lights go down and they do, like, the opening logos, Mm -hmm. if he just had somebody come out and, like, stage note, the role of Michaela Barnes will now be played by this person. (laughs) Just made it the same (laughs) character played by at least noticeably different actress. By which I mean blonde. With a different accent? Yeah. Didn't she have an English accent or something? Yeah, I mean, there's that too. I don't, yep. Again, blonde. I only saw it once. I barely remember. So, uh... And, and just... The moral of the story is there's nothing inherently wrong with Sinister Retgar. Because he does at least start out sinister. Yeah. Oh god, now I'm remembering more about that movie and just the interminable <laughs> third act <laughs> Well, Interminable Third Act could describe pretty much any of the live-action movies. Well, the first one wasn't interminable, it was just confusing. Yeah. I mean, it goes on forever is the problem. Which one are we It's not even fun robot fighting, it's just buildings being destroyed by a giant tentacle in a way that's not fun. It's just like anybody who is in New York on September 11th is going to have PTSD from yeah. watching this, and yeah. everyone else is either going to be bored or kind of as, grossed as out. As someone yeah, with it's just very, very, de- very strong acrophobia, I I am not a fan of those scenes. But they weren't they weren't quite Cloverfield levels. <laughs> no, but they were close. Well, Cloverfield was only better because it was first person. Yeah, and by better you mean effectively worse. the same action. Yeah, I I was pissed off at the time, and I'm pissed off again now because I'm remembering it. That could have been so good instead. If instead of just this horrible slog where they're fighting and everyone's losing and everything's horrible, Mm -hmm. it totally should have been just Optimus Prime huddling down with uh, Epson Lennox. Is that the right name? Yeah, I think so. Yes. Knock off G.I. Joe. Yes. Yes. And then just doing the, I got a plan. Now here's what we're gonna do. Cut to them a-teaming their way through the Decepticon Legion to get the <laughs> the gimmick thing. Yeah, that Sentinel Prime had that set up. Those two were great, man. It, it should have. 
Yeah. It should have been fun. It should have been them being given challenges and then overcoming them. It should have been the Autobots and the human heroes overcoming challenges because they're badass rather than just being amongst Yeah, humans. yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. the, the, yeah, just in general, I don't bother to see 3D movies anymore because 99% of the time they... The big purpose of the 3D is just heights. <laughs> it's just, hey, look, you're really high up. Have fun with that. Hey, look, we forgot to add depth to this part where we were green screen extending the set. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, but yeah, so I, I like it. I like the use of Retgar. I like the Pyra Magna. She's being pretty great. Yeah. But yeah, so that is it for our comics this week. Uh, do you know if we have anything next week? Maybe. Uh, the annual missed shipping this week, so maybe it'll okay. be next week. But otherwise, I don't think we have anything Transformers E for next week. Well, we will just have to make something happen. Uh, I do have a, uh, someone has contacted me about the fan project. A, a fan project, not the, you know, the, the only one that exists. The, the one. Uh, no. Uh, so we, we might take a look into that, but otherwise, uh, we'll just have to hope some news happens. Uh, otherwise we might just get to sit here and like tell old botcon stories or something, which honestly, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure some of our listeners wouldn't mind. (laughs) Uh, but that's it then for this week. So until next week, uh, this has been Jen. And Alex. And David. Goodbye. Goodbye instead of good night. Yay. Yay. Also, um, obstetrics okay. means. Oh, it says. I looked up the etymology. Okay. Yeah, one who stands opposite the person giving birth. Yeah, which comes okay. from ab- obstere, which means to stand opposite to. And. Yeah, so it, it's weird, I guess it works, but it's standing opposite primus, I guess, in that sense, then? Which would explain, like, religious connotations of why Anode is so important on counter-Cybertron. On Brexit-Cybertron. It could also I'm calling just... it Brexit-Cybertron from now on. I'm okay with that. I will join you.